Welcome, women in medicine. It's time for another Dr. Me First. This podcast is all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. No more feeling alone in medicine. Hell to the no. You are now in the community of an amazing set of women. My hope is that through my conversations with these other female physicians, I bring you encouragement, inspiration, community, hope, and a little bit of fun to your life and your practice. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, and this is episode number three. In today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Chiagozi Fawole, and her word that she has chosen is freedom. I think you're going to take a lot out of this conversation because not only is she an amazing pediatric anesthesiologist, but Dr. Fawole also does real estate. She is working on multiple income streams, and also she shares with us how she has gained some freedom in her own life. So enjoy this episode, and then stick around afterwards for that little kick of encouragement with me. Hey, everybody. I am back with another special guest. This is Dr. Fawole, trying not to butcher her last name, and she's been so gracious um, with helping me. But today, our word is going to be about freedom. And so, Dr. Fawole, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am a pediatric anesthesiologist in, in, um, in upstate, upstate New York. Originally Nigerian, kind of grew up, well, I grew up in Nigeria, came to the U.S. at about age 16, and I was uh, at Howard University for a while, Hopkins, which essentially just went up the East Coast. So D.C., Baltimore, Brooklyn for residency, Rochester, and now I'm in Syracuse, New York. So kind of an East Coast girl, if you may. Um, at this point now, I think I'm almost half and half U.S. and Nigeria in terms of my upbringing. So. <laughs> You're officially a hybrid now. That's great. And tell everybody what you do uh, medicine-wise. Pediatric anesthesiology. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my... My sub, uh, subspecialty, take care of uh, the little ones. Yeah, that's a, that is just so amazing. Tell me what took you into Pete's anesthesia? It was actually, I'll say like, a ba- I entered from the back door, if you may. So actually during med school, I was gung-ho neurosurgery, neurosurgery. I did everything neurosurgery, sub-eyes in neurosurgery. And then by the special... By the special grace of God, I did not match in neurosurgery. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um, it turns out that at about the time when I, when I didn't match, I had already been having some second thoughts about neurosurgery. Um, so so I, it just, when it happened, it was like, oh, wow. So I got a chance to actually think this through and not commit myself to um, seven years of a residency training. So I made the decision to go into anesthesia in uh, maybe like a 10 minute window. Oh my gosh. Yeah, literally. Like I walked into the dean's office, you know, our, I think our year was the year when they, they first had the, the soap or supplementary um, match. Right. So like I was, he called me, he was like, you know, I'm sorry to tell you that you didn't match, um, you know, come to my office. So literally as I was walking, I'm thinking, so what can I do? What can I do? Just two weeks before that, I had told myself, you know what? I like emergency medicine, but I hate the ER. So e-med was kind of off for me. Mm-hmm. And I got to his office and he hands me a little sheet. And on top there, the first thing was, of course, alphabetical order, anesthesia. And I'm like, oh my goodness, 
I didn't even think about anesthesia. <laughs> it's in the OR. I get to do medicine, which I love. And, you know, sign me up. So that was how I ended up going into, into anesthesia as a whole. And I never looked back. Um, turned out my application was already like critical care, you know, save the world minded. So I was like, yeah, you know, I initially applied in neurosurgery, but I feel like the critical care and so anesthesiologists do the critical care. So here I am. And, you know, God worked it out and I got a, I got a spot in Brooklyn. Wonderful. And- the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. You made lemonade out of lemons. Go, girl. Good for you. I think I probably would have just been a mush on the floor <laughs> after that. They had to scrape me up with a scooper after. Oh, because my journey, I actually didn't even go through the match. I was a DO, and it was okay. when DOs could still um, sign outside the match with allopathic mm-hmm. residency. So that's what I did. I didn't even go through the whole match. I think it is totally anxiety provoking and they should hand out Xanax that day to yeah, every medical student. It's a very crazy process. It is. Like horrible. Two hour window to make up my mind. I write a whole new application. My head had to be in the zone at that time. But once I was done, I literally went home and cried my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad it turned out for you and Thank you so much for sharing that experience because it's just, it could be so, oh, it just makes my skin crawl even thinking about it. Okay, but anyway, let's get to our topic as far as freedom. Why did you pick the word freedom? It's, it's a word that has kind of been on my mind a lot this year. The, the full context has, has, been, has been like freedom to fail, okay? Mm-hmm. Because in, in medicine, there's we're held to such a high standard, which is good, considering all that we're doing. We have to maintain high standards. But what that does to us or for us, whichever way you think about it, is that we don't, like, we feel that life has to go exactly like you planned it. Otherwise, there's a lawsuit coming or someone's going to come spank you or something really bad is going to happen. Um, and so we're afraid to take risks. We're afraid to, and maybe I'm saying Maybe I'm sticking for myself alone, <laughs> but we, we... I don't think so. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think we have so many factors where we are forced to be perfect. Yeah. And, and, and perfection is not possible. Right. <laughs> it just is not. That we don't even give ourselves the grace to make a mistake or, mm-hmm. or you know, like you said, the freedom to fail. Like, when do, when do you ever say, oh, I'm free to fail? You know, early, a, few, a few months ago, I thought about actually writing, writing on this. But I, I paused, even on the very topic. And I was like, wait, how is it going to look if, you're, if your patients look you up and find out that, that you're the author of the book, Freedom to Fail? And it, I found, when, I, when I found myself thinking more about it, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty serious that even... We, we think through our decisions in the context of what is this going to look like if my patient, what is this going to look like if my patient's family member, in my case, because I deal with kids, sees this or sees this about me. What if things don't go well and then they look me up and this is what they see and then we end up caging ourselves in a, in a box, mm-hmm. a box of our own making, by the way. Because remember, this whole conversation hasn't happened with, with, with anyone else. It's literally happening all in your head. In our heads, yes. So the, it, 
the fears may not even be real. Who knows? <laughs> and it leads us down this path of um, self-deprecation, you know, just thinking, setting, I'm setting on you, on, unnecessarily um, high standards in things that don't necessarily have to be that serious, if you may. Right. Um, a few years ago, I, I ventured out of medicine to like learn real estate. And at the, for, for at least two years, I kind of kept it just within the family. Like I didn't really tell people I was doing it because what was the, the thought? Oh my goodness, you're a doctor. Why are you in real estate? Oh, you're a hustler. You know, why, why, why? And I kept it within just to myself, mind my, my business. I told a couple of people then who, who actually invested with me at the time. But even then, it took a while for me to tell myself, you know what? You're a doctor, but you're free to do whatever you mean. Absolutely. Becoming a doctor does not, does not have to mean being put into a rigid box where you can't turn left, you can't turn right, um, you can't live. And so that, that was why I chose that word freedom, because I feel like there are so many areas in our lives where if we simply allowed ourselves, we'll be able to break free and actually do a lot more. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I honestly just had a conversation this morning with a colleague um, that we got to talking in a conversation and she was like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm not clinical anymore. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you the bomb girl. That's fine. And she, yeah. And she, she was so fearful because she even said, she's like, well, you know, there's other female doctors that if you say that you're not clinical anymore or that you're not quote unquote practicing medicine traditionally, then they look down on you. And I was like, girl, no, no, yeah. that is your own perception. I mean, there may be some people out there. And what I told her, I was like, that is more about them than it is about you. And I think it's so true because I mean, I even remember getting accepted in medical school and then like looking at my wardrobe and being like, Ooh, is this what a doctor would wear? Like we start building these walls on these perceptions of like who we're supposed to look like or sound like, or not say F bombs anymore. When in reality, we need to lean into ourselves more. You know, doctor does not become our entire identity. It's just another piece of the pie in it all. And I just so applaud you for even saying that because I think truly so many times, you know, once we take on the white coat, um, there's something that strangely tr triggers in our brain. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's, there's that, there's that, um, there's, being a doctor is, at least growing up, I saw it as a very honorable profession, and it is because you get to, you know, do do really great things working with your patients. You, you you get to meet them at a very critical points, you know, in their lives and walk them through processes. Um, but even, but sometimes even those good things, if not tailored, if if not managed properly, will end up becoming like glass houses, you know, places where you, where you, you now can't have your child just be a child, you know, like your, your inner child can't be an inner child anymore. That, 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 that child has, has to now be tamed um, because they run the risk of breaking whatever you've built up because you feel, um, you know what, I've spent, another thing is also all the time that we spend in training, 
They're like, well, I spent the last 14 years of my life building up to this. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose the status. I don't want to lose the, the credentials. Let me find a way to shut up these notifications. I don't know how to do that right now. Anyway. Um. <laughs> it's no worries. It's life. We roll with it. <laughs> um, but yeah. It is. It is that build up. Yeah. And you know, I find that so many people, once they kind of get to the, you know, they got through training, they're done with residency, they did their fellowship, they're like out in practice and they kind of look around and be like, this is it. And, you know, and recognizing that we have the freedom if you want to change your path. You know, there's thousands, thousands of ways to use our education, to use all of our years of experience to get that life that you truly, truly love and that you've worked your ass off for so that you can find it. So you mentioned it before. What areas in your life outside of medicine have you found freedom? You mentioned the real estate thing, but are there other examples? Yes, the most recent one is one that I find myself almost having to preface what I'm going to say, like I'm probably doing right now, if you can hear me, (laughs) is actually joining a network marketing company. Now, as of earlier this year, it wasn't wasn't that much on my radar, I'll put it that way. Um, But two, maybe two or three months ago, I got to chat with another physician, actually, who had been in real estate for a while. And then... Added on a network, her, her, a network um, marketing b- business. And so she was telling me about it. And I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, duh, light bulb. But even then, I didn't sign up with her at the time. Um, but the more I thought about it, somehow I just kept, it just kept coming my way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot, <laughs> okay? Now, the other end of it has now been, you know, talking to people and, and, they're, and they're like, wait. Actually, someone asked me just yesterday, she was like, are you still working full time? Because I see you're doing all these other things. <laughs> because I do my real estate, actual investing. I teach. I teach a real estate course. Well, I just did at least. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really working on building my brand and shaping it. You know, around just a multiple, around the idea of helping other physicians or really other people in general mm-hmm. to build their own thing as against just being pure employees. So I have lots of. I have um, different components that I've been trying and trying to put in here and there. And network, excuse me, a marketing came up and it's, it actually fit into my model. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. Um, <laughs> people may not understand what I'm doing. People, people may not understand. But that's okay. But that's There's okay. freedom in it. My life. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> if I'm able to, you know, do some, make something with it, great. You know, if, if, it, if, if it helps fund me being able to cut back on, regulated hours of work. Fantastic. It won't matter how I got there as long as it was legal, <laughs> legal. And you know, that's right. Good. Are your kids fed and are the lights on? And if that, and you get that burning desire fulfilled inside of you, you are rocking it. That's amazing. I love it. Well, in what ways have you found freedom in your practice of medicine? Yeah. So, um, one, again, one thing that I've, that I've um, told myself is, you know what? I'm going to be, you know, myself. <laughs> so when I, it, for example, we have, we have anesthesia techs at work and things like that. And they, they're awesome. They do a great job, but every now and then they're like tied up doing other things. Right. And sometime last week, as an example, we had a case that wasn't necessarily on the schedule and 
It was kind of thrown in there and they weren't aware they were tied up. And I began doing like what they would have been doing. And mm-hmm. someone called me and she was like, no, stop, stop. Like people are paid for this work and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on. My goal right now is to get this case going. <laughs> My goal right now is to get this case going, okay? However we get, you know, I know people are paid for it. I know, I know, you know, technically speaking, I mean, it's not, we're all human beings. If you're free, get your hands dirty, get the work yeah. done. Just do the team. Do it. <laughs> and it's funny because she actually asked me to like stop and just back down and she was very like forceful about it. After a while, I was like, you know what? Just calm down. I like, I patted on the shoulder and I'm like, you'll be okay. Just, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And later on, she comes back to me and she's like, oh my goodness, I love you so much. And I'm like, really? You try to stop me from doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> and then you come back and tell me you love me so much. So that was a test or something. Uh, but yeah, you know, just not, again, not letting your role make you feel like you're above anything. Um, above any menial, menial tasks or responsibilities, right. um, you, you do have your job. So as long as you're not leaving your job to do, you know, someone else's job of pushing carts and doing things like that. I mean, that, those are all jobs too. My point is when you free yourself, when, when you really let yourself be free, so many of the things that bother you otherwise won't be as much of an issue. Right. Another one is that just just scheduling and time. Like sometimes things don't go according to schedule, <laughs> you know. And if you free yourself to understand that, you know what, I did my best. I showed up, but this wasn't in place. I I can only do what I can do. I'm not gonna beat myself up. I'll talk to those who need to be spoken with, you know, to or with. But it really takes a lot of weight off your shoulders when you're not trying to carry the weight of the world. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, when you free your mind to kind of let go of those unrealistic expectations, like we all like to be on time. We do. Granted, I know, I know I'm super type A and I'm like to the minute I like to be on time. But when I personally in my own practice started just letting it go, I'm like, it'll, they'll get back when they get back or my nurse will room them when they room them or Patients will or will not show up. I have no charge in how that happens. The mantra I actually was using is not my circus, not my monkeys, that I would to let things go because we do want to just control it all. And when you let it go and you say just the freedom of the situation, gosh, it makes an amazing difference on that weight that we all carry around on our shoulders. Another, you know, um, Sometimes people ask me how I'm able to juggle a lot of things. And the story that I, that I tell people sometimes was, you know, when, we, when, when I first got married with um, my husband, um, I noticed that he liked being in the kitchen. Now, before we got married, I was very particular about like where my individual spices were kept. Mm-hmm. But when I noticed that he didn't mind being in the kitchen, I also had to come to terms with the fact that that meant that my spices may not end up in the same place. <laughs> I had to make a choice. <laughs> I have the exact same example. My husband, not that he loves putting the dishes away, but he, he does. He like nightly will just go and put dishes away. And I was so anal. I'm like, no, the pots go in the bottom, not the top. 
but <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's just years of marriage or just doing this work about letting things go. When I started letting it go, I'm like, oh, the dishes got done. That's good. <laughs> so absolutely. When we stop trying to control the result and we just are gracious for the results, yeah. It just makes such a huge difference. Well, it has been great talking with you today. If my viewers have um, any interest in what you're doing with real estate or the network marketing, how can they find out more about you? Uh, they can find me actually on Facebook and or Instagram. So my, my Facebook name is my first name and last name, Chia Gauzier-Fawale, and I can spell that because it's probably difficult. We'll put it in the show notes too for everybody. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Chia Gauzier underscore Fawale. That's my um, page. And I have a website, actually. Again, chiagauziefawale.com, just straight up. <laughs> I love it. Simplicity is for the best. Well, great. Well, I will definitely send people your ways because it sounds like you're doing amazing things in life and in medicine. And I just love how you have embraced this word of freedom. So thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you, it's my pleasure. See, I told you it was a really good episode. With Dr. Fellow-Lay, one thing that she said in that conversation that I, well, there was a lot of things, but one in particular that I particularly took away from her conversation was when she said, having the freedom to fail. And I really do go back and think of how many times in so many situations where nothing less than perfection was acceptable. And I know that we all struggle with the fact of trying to complete our job and do the very best for our patients and trying to be exemplary in everything that we do. But I think we have to fall back on the fact that perfection really is unattainable in every single portion of our lives. We have to embrace our humanity and say, you know, we're messy. We're human. We can't be perfect all the time. And then I think also recognizing when good enough is really good enough. Uh, because how many times have I sat over a patient note when I was a medical student and though it was good enough, I kept combing through it and I kept going back and tweaking or changing a little part of my physical exam or adding more history or perfecting that assessment and plan. How many times do I think about other things now that I continually go back to even in my personal life because it's not quite perfect yet. I'll be perfectly honest, I am a recovering perfectionist. It's something that I have to deal with in myself every single day. But when I started taking note that perfection is not the goal, excellence is the goal, but you don't have to be perfect to be excellent. That's when I made a huge shift in my life. I know for many people, that the sense of perfectionism brings on so much anxiety because with, the, with that perfectionism comes the anxiety and fear. And fear is a huge thing that I think many of us deal with in healthcare that we don't speak about. And so I encourage you to sit down today and think about where in my life am I being too perfectionistic? Where in my life am I having a lot of anxiety around that maybe perhaps I need to reevaluate this? Well, one really awesome thing that I have been able to start is called colleague to colleague calls. These are absolutely free, no selling, no slime, no sleaze. 
It's just where you and I get on the phone and we talk about these exact issues that I bring up in the podcast. It's an opportunity for you to sit with a colleague to kind of process through your thoughts, process through um, things that are going on in your life or perhaps that you have been dealing with for weeks, months, years in the presence of a colleague who is also a trained life coach. Now, I offer this up to any of my listeners today because four years ago, I needed that. I needed to be able to go to a colleague and say, hey, can you just listen and maybe bounce some ideas and help me out with this? And so because of that, I want to pay it forward to anyone else who feels like that's what they need. Again, if after talking an hour with me, you feel better, you can move on with your life, I'm so happy to serve you. And then maybe it's a trial to see, hey, is this life coaching thing really worth it? I personally think it is. That's why I went and got trained in life coaching. That's why I serve you, my colleagues in medicine, because I think it's a service that we all absolutely need. So check out the show notes, click on the link, get a call with me. Believe you me, it'll be fun, if anything. Well, that's it for episode number three. It's in the books today. I hope that you can find a little bit more freedom within your life and your practice. I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thanks so much to Jen Eads at the Brassy Broadcasting Company, who is my podcast producer. I want to thank Courtney Brown, my assistant, who keeps my life in order so that I can go out and have fun. And I want to thank my family, my husband, Craig, my three littles, and all my supporting cast, um, friends and family that have helped make this project a huge success and um, just a joy in my life. So thank you, everyone. Again, if you need to reach me, check in the show notes. And as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. 